promised Holy Spirit is our series today, or is our message today in our series, the promised Holy Spirit. Um, I want to read uh, John 14 and verse 15, starting with verse 15, which is our foundational passage that we've had in these last few weeks. In John 14 and verse 15, it says, and if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper. And we talked about in the last few weeks that, that Jesus is the first helper. Holy Spirit is the second helper, that He may abide with you forever. He's the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. I really like this, this passage here. Um, you know, the best definition, and, and actually, um, I didn't write that down, but the best definition of who the Holy Spirit is is found in the Amplified. If you have that Amplified, you can put that up, uh, verse 15 and 16. He said, in verse 15, he said, if you really love me, you will keep, obey my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. And then in parentheses, he defines the word comforter. Comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. He's all of those things. And I feel like that <clears throat> when, we, when we read Scriptures about what God sent for us, He sent us this helper, this counselor, the one that is there for us to do everything that we need. And, 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 I, and I say this, and, 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 and I mean this wholeheartedly, you need help. Amen. You need help. See, in the society we live in, if you need help, then you're weak. I'm going to say it again. If you need help, you're weak. Well, the truth is, you are. In comparison to Him, you are really weak, and you need His help. He's not the doer, He's the helper. He's not a manipulator, He will not manipulate into situations to try to correct things and make them right. He's a helper, but He's not a doer for you. You know, how are things going? Well, you know, just kind of waiting on the Lord, waiting for Him to do this, that, and the other. No. No, you're waiting. You're waiting wrongly. We were created to wait on the Lord in a way of developing relationship with Him, learning how to hear Him, learning to hear from Him what He has for us. But when you're waiting on Him to do everything, you're going to wait till hell freezes over and hell will not freeze over. That's not the way He made it. He created us to become born again, have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. He created us, you and I, to be people that 
as we hear God and we hear from Him, we learn from Him what He wants for us. And as we learn from Him, then we learn to do things the way He wants them done. That's why it's so vital that we believe in the Word of God that has been sent to transform our thinking, our attitudes, and our, just our way of living. He wants, he's been sent here to transform everything about us so that now we think like Him, we act like Him, we talk like Him, we maneuver our lives around what He wants, and He will help you do everything you need to accomplish. But if we're living our lives trying to get Him to bless what we think is right, it won't work. You can like that or not like that, but that's the absolute truth. Now, in, in this passage, I, I want to look at something because what I want to talk about today is what, what is the main purpose of the Holy Spirit? We talked last week that the Holy Spirit is not some just, you know, idea. He's not some like just matter out there that just exists. Holy Spirit is a person. He's a he. The Bible calls him he, the Holy Spirit. He is a person. And what was he really sent here to do? What was he really sent here to accomplish? And I want you to notice in, um, in those last couple of verses that we read, verse 17 and 18, <clears throat> he said that the, the, that the world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells in you and will be with you. That was on that side of the cross. We know today he is with us. He's in us. When Jesus spoke that, he, the Holy Spirit wasn't in anybody but him. Now the same Holy Spirit that was in him is the same Holy Spirit now that lives and resides on the inside of us. And he said he will be in you. But notice what he said. That's interesting. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I, I, I just, in the last week as I've been studying this, it just hit me from the, that statement right there that he will not leave us as orphans, what his main purpose was in coming. His main purpose for you and I on planet earth right now is so that you and I are not orphans. What is an orphan defined as? Somebody that is parentless. No parents. What do parents do? What, do parents, what should parents bring to the table for children? Instruction. Training. Teaching. Development. And Jesus said, I will not leave you alienated from those things that I just mentioned. I will not leave you in that place being alienated from true parents. I'll not leave you in that place. I'm coming to you. And he did. And he came here and now he's at the right hand of the Father, but his representation inside of us is in the person of the Holy Spirit. And now the Father, the Son... The Word, 
Son and Word, the Holy Spirit, are our parents. You can say, well, the Father is our, our parent. He is. But the three are one. And the will of the Father and what Father wants for us as His children come to us through what the Son accomplished and now what the Holy Spirit reveals when we learn to yield to Him. I'll not leave you as an orphan. I'll not leave you parentless. If you, as a parent... I'll just use myself as an example. Um, my parents didn't know how to parent. But when my first child was born, I knew all about it. My wife just gave me a strange look. <laughs> no, she had to parent me, too. My parents didn't know how to parent me. They didn't know what it meant to train, to develop. They fed me. I'm here. I'm grateful. Can you say amen? But my parents didn't know how. My mom is deceased. She's moved on in heaven, thank God. But she didn't know how to give me what a mother needed to give. I can, my, 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 my father was, you know, he's, his, his, the, the movie Walking with Herb, um, he's the influence of that movie. His name is Herb. And he's the influence. And all of his life lessons that he taught, he was a golf pro and a golf coach, and all the life lessons that he poured into his, his, uh, his team players that played for his college golf team, all those things, you know, they, they, he, he transform many of their lives and there's hundreds of them that look to him as their kind of their surrogate father he 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 still coached all of them many of them as old as I am or older than I am and 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 call him coach and he was like a father figure and he poured into those to those golfers and I've I've had this conversation with my dad I'm not downplaying my dad whatsoever he did what he could he made sure I stayed alive he took care of me he did the best that he could but he didn't have the goods to cause me to be who I was created to be. He didn't have the goods. And I promise you, no matter how good of a parent that any of you are, you don't have all the goods. That's why you need help. Holy Spirit will not raise your children, but he'll help you raise your children. Holy Spirit will not fix problems in life, but he'll help you to fix those problems and overcome, you have to get involved in it. So if you carry around in your life, well, you know, I just, I can't be very good in life because, uh, you know, my parents didn't know how to parent me. You carry that bag of good around all your life, you'll never do anything because Holy Spirit will never help you. That might sound a little tough, but he can't. He won't come down to your emotional hurt level 
and just reason with you in the situations of life and allow you to play the blame game your whole life. He won't do it. But Jesus went to the cross to deliver you of that. And you can get help. You can get people to help you. You can talk to people. But you got to talk to people that know how to lead you to him. Because see, if you don't talk to people that will lead you to him, they could talk you into a whole other different direction. And not only blame your parents, but the rest of the world. Like the rest of the world owes you everything. I'm telling you, nobody owes you and I a thing. I don't care what everybody else says. I don't care what the government says or people say or whatever. Nobody owes you a thing. Nobody has to do anything for you. My dad's 87 today. He could have just cut me off when I went to him and told him some of the things that I felt like that he had done to me or that the lack thereof, you know. He didn't have to listen to me. He could have taken his own cause and his own side and just cut me off and said, forget you, I don't even want you as a son. No, he listened to me. He helped me. But the real help came from the Holy Spirit. The one that's not left me is an orphan. I'm not an orphan. I'm not. I'm connected to him. And you know what? You know what happens as a result of that? That God connects you and he brings your way surrogate fathers in the natural that help to minister things that you need along the way. My pastor, you know, passed away this past year. It was just this past year, right? Wow. Man. He left the earth. He was in a great place. And he left here and, and... but. He gave me so many things just by watching him. Just watching him. He gave me so many things that my natural father didn't know how to give. So did I blame my natural father for that? Not today. I did and carried that thing for a number of years. But I had to get past it so that I could love my natural father so we could have relationship and we could be connected even in spite of the mistakes. I promise you, mistakes and things that I didn't get, I carried out some of those same mistakes with my own children. Things that weren't totally right that had to be corrected. But thank God for the Holy Ghost that empowered me to be able to shut that down and and stop the process quicker than what my dad went through. And that's the way it works when you have the helper. I mean... He is is astonishingly amazing and is a helper like nobody can help. Well, you know, I just, I need help with this situation. And I understand that. Sometimes you need some skin in, in the game to help you with things that you're going through, what you're going through. But you have to be led to him because nobody can help you like he can. Nobody. What was his main purpose in coming? To help us. To be there for us. To instruct us. To guide us. To help establish our lives. I don't care how young you are today. I don't care how old you are today. There's no day like the present. In him, you allowing him to be the helper he was created to be in your life. 
Can you say amen? amen? In Romans 8 and verse 14, it says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, led, these are the sons. And you know, when you, when, when you see the word sons, it's male sons and female sons. If you look at the definition in the Bible, it's, it's the male man and the female man, or the male with a womb. We're all sons of God. We're male sons and we're female sons. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption whom we cry out, Abba, Father, for the Spirit Himself, the Spirit Himself, not itself, but Himself, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we're truly children of God. That right there is what He came to bring to the table. That right there eliminates that orphan attitude and heart in us. We're not orphans. We're not parentless. He's the mother, the father, the brother, the sister. He's the everything in our life. The Father, the Son and the Word, and the person of the Holy Spirit are our helpers. They're our parents. They're everything that we need to be established on planet earth where we don't have to live our lives being victims. We're living our lives being victorious in everything that we face. Can you say amen? I'm not just saying that. I'm not just trying to rally a good response and an amen in here. I'm telling you, that's the way he set it up. That is absolutely the way that he set it up. In Hebrews 4 and verse 12, I like this. Applying it to where we're, we're going and where I'm going to bring this to a conclusion in a minute. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word of God, one part of that, three parts. The word of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division or the dividing of the soul and the spirit of man. Notice, notice the word spirit there is little s. That's your human spirit. You see that? That's your human spirit. And it's comparing it to the joints and the marrow of the bone. The marrow, the, the joints represent the soul. The marrow, which is internal, it's inside is the spirit. It represents the spirit. The joints and the marrow. The separating of the two to do what? And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Next week, we're going to spend most of our time talking about how the Word of God separates between the soul and, and your spirit. Most people don't know they're a three-part being. Most people, you know, you can see me up here today, you can see my physical body. When I look out there, I see bodies out there. But that's not who we are. We were created in the image of God, and God is spirit. We were created spirit. So this physical body houses my human spirit that is one with the Holy Spirit, and I have a soul, which is a mind, will, and emotions that operate this being. 
And if my spirit man leaves this body, poof, falls dead, falls down with no life. But I don't quit living. I'm here forever. You're here forever. This earth suit that we have here to live on planet earth, we need to take care of it, do the best we can with it. But it's not first and foremost. First and foremost is I've got to understand between soul and spirit. And that's what he brought the Holy Spirit here to do, to discern how my soul operates and how my spirit operates. Most people just kind of put the two together and shake them together and, well, whatever. Well, the results here you get is whatever. I don't want whatever results. I want to know that I know that I know what God is doing, and I want to know how He's trying to help me so I can yield to Him and allow Him to help me the way I need help. And I'm going to tell you again, I need help. I need help, big time. I don't have it all down. I need help. But when I got the helper who knows everything about everything, not just some stuff, he knows everything about everything. I'm going to say it again. I have the helper that knows everything about everything living on the inside of me. Why would I have any issues? Because I've not learned how to yield to him and allow him to help me. Everybody's got issues. Everybody sitting in here today, you have issues of some kind. Well, not me, Pastor. Well, meet me at the salvation table afterwards and we'll cast lion demons out of you. <clears throat> Everybody's got something going on. And you always will because you're going to get better. We're leaving things that have troubled us Stepping into the greater things that God has for us, but we have to know the Holy Spirit as a person, not a thing or an it. And I'll just tell you, most people are looking for easy street, okay? Developing a relationship with God through the person of the Holy Spirit is something that is very, very simple, but it's not easy because you have to stay with it and then you have to admit where you screwed up and you said, well, God said and it didn't work. No, no. When God says, it works. Hmm? What's screwy is your hearing and that has to be corrected. It has to be developed and worked on. It has to be. We have to see it like that. If we don't see it like that, then we're, gonna, we're never going to know what God can do in our lives. If you've ever said that before, you know, I mean, purpose in your life to get that out of your vocabulary, you can know exactly what God is doing and will do in and through your life. I'm not telling you He's going to tell you everything about everybody else, but He'll tell you things about you that you need to know today. He may not tell you things that you can't handle today that will come in the future, but it will only come in the future if you do something with what he's trying to get over to you today. Man, he's an amazing helper. And he's our parent. He's here to instruct us and show us and reveal to us what we need. Man, what an amazing God. Next week, we're going to talk about that separation between soul and spirit because I headed to a 
different point today. Romans 9 and 1, and I'm going to read this out of the NIV. Paul said, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say it again. My conscience confirms through the Holy Spirit that I'm not a liar. And what I'm saying is not a lie. Now, the point I want to get to today, and I want you to see, is what the Holy Spirit brings to the table. And next week when we talk about soul and spirit and the, and the dividing of that and understanding those, you'll see it in a greater way, but I want to start it by saying this today. Your conscience... is the voice of your spirit man. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit, your human spirit, which is one with the Holy Spirit. So what you're hearing from your conscience is the truth. But you've got to know the Holy Spirit to know how to acknowledge the fact that you're hearing truth about something that in the natural it may seem really strange and why would God do something like that? Because what the way things look and the way things seem and appear to be most of the time go contrary to what the will of God is in a given situation. But the voice of the Spirit, which is a calm, still, small voice, speaks the truth and you, know, you have to know how to yield to that truth. A, a pretty good definition of the word conscience is this. It's conformity to what one considers to be correct, right, or morally good. If my conscience is the voice of my spirit then what my conscience, my conscience is, is something inside of me that I need to conform to because I know it's correct, it's right, and it's morally good. Because God would never give you something, speak something to you, speak something to your spirit man, through your spirit man, to you, that wasn't correct, right, or morally good. What God wants in our conscience, He wants you and I to conform to what the voice of the Spirit is saying, not what just unrenewed thoughts and ideas are saying. Now, I want to read this verse and then I'm going to end in 1 Corinthians 2. Hebrews 9 and verse 13. It says this, For if the blood of bulls and goats, and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. Verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, how much more 
shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, offered Himself without spot to God to cleanse your and my conscience from dead works so that we could now serve the living God. The blood of bulls and goats that he's talking about are all the sacrifices before Jesus who became the ultimate sacrifice. And what those sacrifices couldn't do is they couldn't cleanse it forever. They had to come back every year, every year, make sacrifice. For what? For the sins of humanity, for the consciousness of humanity. It couldn't be stopped. And what the blood of Jesus did, he said, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, through the Spirit, offered Himself without spot to God to cleanse your and my conscience from dead works so that we can serve God? Now, my conscience is tied to my spirit man. But if all I ever do is listen to my mind, I listen to my emotions. I make decisions based on what my emotions say, what my mind says, that where there's unrenewed areas in my mind. When I'm paying attention to that all the time and not yielding to what the Holy Spirit is saying, I find myself in a very huge dilemma. Because every time you give in to things that you see in the natural, instead of yielding to what God is telling you, He's speaking the truth, it never works. God is a gentleman, and He will not force His way on your unrenewed ways. You have to choose to learn to yield to Him. And one of the best ways, and we teach around here all the time, can you put that that confession up? From this passage of Scripture, I've had this confession for many, many years, and I say this over myself every day. The blood of Jesus has forgiven me of all mistakes in my life, and delivered me from all darkness. I have a clear conscience. How do those those things begin to come to us? We take the Word of God, we put it in our mouths, we begin to declare what God's Word says, even when we're not yielding because we're not sure how to do it, we're still developing it, but we put the Word out there, and it constantly is reminding us we can do this constantly reminding us that the blood of Jesus has liberated me from where they were Old Testament. Now I have the ability to have a clear conscience. I can hear the voice of God. I can yield to Him. I don't have to give in to my flesh. I don't have to give in to my emotions. I don't have to give in to my unrenewed mind. And I can renew my mind every day by the things that I say. That's why daily confessions are so vitally important. Nobody can speak the word over your life like you. The Bible says death and life are in the power of what you say. God put death not ceasing to exist, but destruction versus blessing. He put that in your hands to do what He says is so, so that He can accomplish what He wants to in your life, but it takes you and I submitting and yielding to His way of operating. It won't happen any other way. Now, I'd encourage you to, I'm going to end today in 1 Corinthians 2, and I'd encourage you to 
go and read this whole passage here. But <clears throat> I want to point out two things that I think are very important. In 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9, it says this. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the, into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Not what you see with your eye, not what you hear with your ear. Nothing's entered into the heart of man based on what you see and what you hear that's not according to the Word of God. But look what it says. But God has revealed them to us, how? By His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Do you know how many people that I've ever heard quote that verse of Scripture right there? No man can know the things of God, only the Spirit of God. Do you know how many people have taken that verse of Scripture right there, totally out of context of what is written here, and said, you cannot know the things of God, only the Spirit of God does, but where is the Spirit of God? <laughs> He's right here. Not only is He in me, He's one with my Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the third part of the triune being, the creator of the universe, lives on the inside of me and wants to give me everything that heaven has. And he wants me to live in that in this life right now. Thank God. Everybody say, heaven is real. Heaven's our destination. But he brought heaven to earth through Jesus Christ. And He wants all of heaven manifesting in our lives. And the only way that can happen is if the Helper is allowed to do what He was created to do. And that's to help us. He said, nobody knows the thoughts, nobody knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world... When you got born again, you didn't receive the spirit of the world. When you were born into this world, you were born into the spirit of the world. The Bible says the devil is the God of the system. And his only, his only ability to operate is through deception. He has no power. He was defeated at Calvary. But through deception in this system, and you can see it operating really strong out there right now, in the system, through deception, it looks like he's well and able. How do we stop that? By saying, okay, he's the God of the system, but he's not the God of this system. He's the God of the world system, but he's not the God of my world. I frame my world with God's word. I yield to the person of the Holy Spirit. I do what the Spirit says, and I produce what the Spirit wants me to produce. You need to be telling yourself that every day, even when you're not doing it. You need to remind yourself that's your role. That's your part. We have a part. We're co-laborers with him. We're co-laborers. He's already done his part. Now, for his part to work for us, we have to do our part. Man, some people really don't like that. 
Because that puts a lot of responsibility on us. See the, see, the responsibility on me is not me to be this great Hercules, this great man of faith or whatever. Yeah, he, he wants us to be men and women of faith. But the responsibility on me is to do it his way. See, that's where he makes you look like you're really good even when you've got some flaws. Because you're learning to do it his way. That, that's our responsibility. That I have to do it his way and I've got to find out what that is. And most of the time, it's going to go contrary to what I see with these eyes and hear with these ears. Most of the time. Somebody asks, you know, hey, you think, think I should do this? Well, what do you think? Well, it seems good. Mm, I don't like that word. Because the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, and, and its end is what? Over the cliff. Right? I don't want to go over the cliff. I want to accomplish. I want to live on top and not underneath. I, I want to live blessed coming in, going out in every way. That's the way he set it up. But i got to learn how to do it his way. I'm just telling you right now. The responsibility to live an overcoming life is on you and I. He's already done everything that needs to be done for you and I to live an overcoming life. Now we have to learn how to do it his way. Are you hearing me? Don't misunderstand. Don't take what I'm saying and say it's on us to... You know, make the plan of God work and have all the, you know, like, like this, this labor. No, it's us learning how to do it the way he wants it done. That's the key. And that's the job of the Holy Spirit. You know, it sounds unspiritual to call that a job, but that's his responsibility. That's what he was sent here for. Jesus said he came here to reveal all truth to us. That's what he's sent here to do. He said this. He said, we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. I'm going to read it again. We've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. The spirit, big S, who is from God. Third part of the triune being. He's living in us so that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Everybody say, it's free. free. Say it again, it's free. (laughs) There's no charge. Doesn't cost you a thing. It's free. Freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And I won't go into that. I've got other translations, but we're going to look at that next week when we talk about the dividing between the soul and the spirit. (laughs) You say, man, you're talking a lot about next week's message. You know, yeah. That's where I've been heading to. Is what for the next couple of weeks after this that we're going to talk about concerning the dividing between the soul and the spirit and understanding the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues and the benefit that that brings to a human's life. Why it's so vitally important. Not just to be some crazy nut, you know, that goes off the deep end and does crazy things. God's not crazy. He doesn't do crazy things. 
People that are led by the Spirit, they do it God's way. And it'll never be crazy. It can be sound really strange sometimes because it doesn't meet with the natural mind, but it's never crazy and it's never weird. It's always the way he wants it. And we'll look at that next week. But let me finish with this verse. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. He didn't say the unsaved man. He said the natural man. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because how? Why? Because they're spiritually discerned. The natural man, meaning the person that chooses to try to understand God with their natural mind, born again, but trying to figure God out up here based on what you see and what you hear, opinions of other people, instead of learning and developing your ability to hear and listen to the person of the Holy Spirit. He's got all the answers. He knows everything about everything. And there's nothing he can't do and accomplish. And he wants to accomplish amazing things on the inside of you. Can you say amen to that? That confession that I had put up on the screen earlier, I want to read it over you again. I say this over you today. The blood of Jesus has forgiven you of every mistake. He's forgiven you of every mistake in your life and delivered you from all darkness. I speak that over you every day. If you're part of this body, I speak it over you every day. That the blood of Jesus has forgiven you of all your mistakes in life and that the Holy Spirit is revealing it to you so that you're coming into that revelation so you can accept it so that the pockets of darkness throughout this nation and this planet that try to deceive people's lives, you're delivered of. And this declaration that you have a clear conscience. See, when your conscience is clear and you know it, then you can hear God. You'll ask the Holy Spirit questions about things. You'll, You'll go to Him and ask Him. And you know what He'll do? He'll answer you. He'll speak things to you that you've never heard before. But it's not in an audible voice. I mean, God can do, I'm not telling God what he can and can't do. His way of operation, his MO, is through that still small voice internally. God wants to speak to you audibly, he'll do it. He'll he'll do whatever he wants. But I'm telling you, what he's taught us through his word is for us to embrace and hear his voice internally. When I hear his voice internally, then my conscience is clear and I'm not distracted by all these other things and all these other voices. That's why I've told you, <clears throat> this is, you can do what you want, but this is what I've chose to do. I've turned the news off. I've, chose, I've chosen to turn the news off. I'm not listening to the reports of, of the world and mankind today. You know, <clears throat> and, and I, I don't say this in a joking way, it's just the truth. Most people listen to the news, so you know, people will keep you abreast of what's going on. You don't have to listen to the news. People will just tell you, hey, did you hear about this? <clears throat> no. Tell me about it. So they tell you, and then now you know, right? So, so you, you, people will keep you abreast. But I've just turned it off because I'm spending my time today, listen to me, I'm spending my time learning how to hear the voice of God. You know why? Because the world needs me. The world needs you? No, the world needs us. Hearing the voice of God and doing what the Spirit of God tells us to do. The world needs that. The only thing that will change planet Earth is people sensitive to the voice of God, learning how to hear and developing that, and then doing what He says. Because when you do what He says, everything that happened in Jesus' life in ministry, 
was because he heard from the Father. And when we hear from the Father and we know it's the Father and we have faith in what we're walking out, we get the same results that Jesus got. Same results. Same results. So when we don't get the same results that Jesus got, because we're not hearing correctly. So just change it. We just keep developing it. We keep learning how to hear. What a great God. What a great God of mercy and grace. When Shannon said that about that I'm patient with things, you know, uh, sometimes. <clears throat> but I am. I've learned to be patient. I've learned not to get my feathers ruffled and get upset and disturbed about things. I've learned to trust God and worry and fret and be anxious about nothing. I've learned how to do that. And I'm developing it. You, you don't learn that and now you got it down. You learn it and then you've got to work at keeping it. Not letting the enemy steal from you. But God is so gracious and he's so patient on us. He's so patient with us. I'm telling you, God loves you so absolutely so much that words can't even explain how much God loves you. And most people, when you tell them that, they can't accept it. I'm telling you today, you need to know how passionate God is about you. And the key to that passion being realized in your life is you learning how to yield to him, hearing his voice, doing the things that he said. Because then we find ourselves in line with what his plan and purpose was for us. Do you know that he had your plan and your purpose created before Adam and Eve? The Bible says before the foundation of the world, he had a plan for our life. you got to get that. Before the foundation of the world, he already had it set up for Jesus to redeem us. The Bible says that. God so loved us that had everything set up for us. He's had it all arranged for us and lined up for us. He loved us so much. He didn't leave us here as orphans. He's an amazing parent, amazing instructor, counselor, one that will stand by you and never leave you. You ever in a difficult situation and it seemed like everybody left you? Not him. He'll never leave you nor forsake you to the ends of the earth, ever. How amazing is our God?